Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you a cryptocurrency podcast today brought to us by Coincierge Club. Coincierge Club is a mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Coincierge Club makes purchasing easy, safe, and overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. Let's take a look at the weekend market update. What's happened this weekend? Uh, not a whole lot when you look at the surface. Over the 24-hour period, Bitcoin is sitting flat. Many of the altcoins are green. Most of the market is looking kind of flat coming out of the weekend, but underlying causes, there's a huge win. So in the last episode, I talked about the chart. When you charted out Bitcoin's movement at the time on the one-hour chart, it really looked like it was forming a rising wedge, which means the price is slowly creeping up, but bouncing up and down within a channel. And many people would think on the surface, if you don't understand technical analysis that, hey, maybe this, you know, Bitcoin is still going up, but that is actually a bearish indicator showing that it was having trouble breaking through the resistance above. And eventually that typically leads to a drop. What, sure enough, what happened yesterday around midday on Saturday, we saw a dip, we saw Bitcoin print a, a long red candle down, but actually it was very surprising to see that it only we only dropped from 6500 level to right above the $6,300 level. I was expecting much more of a drop considering some of the sentiment if we broke that if we broke that uh that that trend and it really looked like that was a good sign overall it looked like the bulls were able to hold the bears are still fighting the bears are still in control but the uh the bulls are coming so bears better watch out. So what does that mean for the next week? What will we see in the action? Don't really know, but I personally feel it's a good sign to see Bitcoin hit that $6,300 level and hold it almost like that is, that is a heavy point of resistance now. And that's what we want to see. Uh, and hopefully we'll see another trend up. It's slightly up over that from yesterday. So let's take a look at what's going on in the news and the market update. So Merchants can now use a Bitcoin full node to process their own payments via the BTC Pay server for under $6 a month with or without Lightning Network functionality. So removing the Microsoft Azure Reliance, there's a guide, a guide to the solution from creator and Bitcoin developer Nicholas Dorier published on August 18th, explains how merchants who want to accept payments without banking formalities can now do so entirely independent, independently. So a secondary issue was obligatory use of Microsoft Azure, which was costly. Uh, doing this reduced the cost, uh, you know, so basically, you know, $6 a month, we, we think, okay, cryptocurrency is supposed to drive things down. I've seen merchants pay anywhere from several hundred to several thousand on up to tens of thousands of dollars per month, just in credit card processing fees, bank fees, having something like this available to allow more people to accept cryptocurrency is a huge, huge deal. So definitely exciting in the news today. So also in the news, according to a Palo Alto-based Daily Post, this week a federal judge allowed Martin Marsich, who faced charges of hacking into a local video game, video game company, to pay his $750,000 bail in Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency. So part of the broad definition of what methods defendants can use to pay bail uh, Marsich could technically make the payment in any format deemed fit or which the judge ordered. This would even extend the real estate, which we've heard in the past, uh, according to Assistant District Attorney Abraham Simmons, as he explained. 
So recent comments from the USDEA suggested that increased understanding of cryptocurrency among law enforcement had increased its appeal in more than one, in more ways than one, sorry. The blockchain actually gives us a lot of tools to be able to identify people. Agent Lilia Infant told Bloomberg earlier this month, uh, and Agent Lilia was talking about, I actually, this is her quote, I actually want them to keep using cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's a lot more secure. It's a lot, a lot easier to track. And if anything is being done illegal with those, you know, with those cryptocurrencies, they can track those funds. So it, it is good from both sides. So moving along, let's look at some odd news today. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about is basically in the world of digital currencies and, and cryptographic collectibles are high on the list of potential disruptive innovations. So many of you may have heard of a, of a, of an, a program, excuse me, called Crypto Kitties. Yes, that's right. Crypto Kitties. So Crypto Kitties allows you to collect and trade Crypto Kitties, one of the world's first blockchain games. Breed your rarest cats to create the perfect furry friend. The future is meow. <laughs> All right. So CryptoKitties is not a cryptocurrency. So instead, it operates on Ethereum's underlying blockchain network as what's called a non-fungible token, NFT for short, unique to each CryptoKitty. So each CryptoKitty is unique and owned by the user, validated through the blockchain. No two people can own the same CryptoKitty. And its value can appreciate or de depreciate based on the market, based on demand. So CryptoKitties cannot be replicated, cannot be transferred without the user's permission, even by the game developers. You know, that, that leads to some decentralization. Users can interact with their CryptoKitties, having the ability to buy, sell, and even breed them. So what, what is all this worth? What can this be worth? So Genesis, the first and highest selling cat, was sold for 246.9 Ethereum back last year, which was $117,000.712 in value. So a lot of money to be made there. So let's look at some other NFT or non-fungible tokens that can be used as cryptographic collectibles. There's another one out there now called Crypto Crystals. So for instance, breeds, uh, it breeds sentient metals into new cartoon characters that evoke geological imagery. So Crypto Crystals, quote unquote, breeding it's called melting, as in crystals are melted together. So you're able to combine different crystals to make others, similar to the concept of breeding crypto kitties, uh, but not quite so. There's also one called Hyper Dragons for you dragon fans out there. It takes advantage of decentralization uh, by interacting with another team's projects. And, and this way, Hyper Dragons can eat crypto kitties. In other words, it can interact with other programs and absorb the attributes of cats that share a wallet with the dragon and boosting the dragon's power. So maybe you're not a cat fan, maybe get you some crypto kitties and then get the hyper dragons program and create you a dragon to eat those kitties up. Totally, totally up to you. So gameplay takes form so far, collecting, breeding and consuming, battling warrior dragons one-on-one -on -one, like the original Pokemon and castle defense where you protect your resources from invading players. So moving along. So other than that, a digital object doesn't also have to be an image. It can also be a sound. And other things people probably haven't thought of yet. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of developments in this space. So it was created as a side project by two staff members at Serbian blockchain company, uh, Decenter. Crypto Jingles was started at the end of 2017. And... Coming out after the Crypto Kitty boom, 
the developer noticed that there was all variations of you owning some sort of avatar image. He's looking at what else could be tokenized. So that's what he told Coindesk. So crypto jingles are snippets of music that can be mixed together to make new pieces of music. There are 100 snippets of music that people can use to make jingles. Once a new combination has been made and recorded on the blockchain, it's unique and no one else can make that combination. The creator owns it and can sell it on to others as an NFT. So thinking about that, that is a huge deal when you think about um, artists being able to sell their work. How many people need sound bites or snippets or, or just like, you know, I had somebody develop the intro music for my podcast here. You can create that, have it viewable on, on a public blockchain and then be able to sell it to people that want to use it, whether you license it out or you sell complete ownership of that crypto jingle to someone. So these are early stage developments. I really expect to see a lot of things happen. I mean, there's even one out there called Crypto Pandas or Panda Earth, should I say? But um, it, it, they each one rep represents real world pandas that are tracked by the China Conservation and Research Center. So there's a lot of different functions to this. Uh, the pandas also, they breed more slowly over time, but they'll reset every four years. Uh, but next up is one of the most interesting of one I've heard. And before I tell you what it's called, let's just say it evolved from one of the developer's mother developing breast cancer. And as a play on Crypto Kitties, he came up with a spoof called Crypto Titties. <laughs> All right. So uh, Hammy Gilbert, one of the founders, told Coindesk, uh, that it was a spoof on CryptoKitties for fun. They decided to find a way to supply cannabis products to women with the disease. So these are cartoon avatars, but of breasts rather than cats. So they're both female identifying and male identifying boobs available. So you've got all varieties. And while the real world variety tend to come in pairs, CryptoTitties are available in singles all the way up to sextuplets and also many, many colors, just as you would expect to find in a bag of gummy bears. So that's available. If you're interested, run a search on crypto titties and buy you a pair or more. So moving along in the news. So next up, uh, four women who make a difference in blockchain. Oh, yeah. So looking at it, you know, diversity plays a key role in most industries. And typically those companies that embrace diversity of all aspects tend to thrive and, and do the best when you look at performance. So quoting Amber Baldit, who ran JP Morgan Chase blockchain program, she said diversity is a challenge across all tech subcultures. Um, you know, looking at it, let's look at four women that make a difference in blockchain. So Blythe Masters, the CEO of Digital Assets Holdings. So Digital Assets has raised more than $110 million from investors, including Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan. It's partnering with Alphabet to offer blockchain tools to developers and won a contract to remake the Australian Securities Exchange's equity clearing and settlement system. Huge, huge deal. Australians are catching on quicker than the U.S. All right, so Masters also heads the governing board of Hyperledger, a nonprofit that has brought together developers building some of the most widely used black blockchain platforms for business. Huge impact she has made. Also, Marie Week. Marie Week is the general manager for blockchain at IBM. So Week, who has been with the company for more than 25 years, is, is leading the company's efforts to partner with the biggest names in business from Walmart to shipping giant Maersk. 
using utilizing blockchain technology. So also Amber Baudet, who is a co-founder of Clover. Now Clover is spelled C-L-O-V-Y-R if you're looking to look up the company and see what they do. So Baudet uh, started her own cryptocurrency company called Clover earlier this year to develop software that helps startups and more established businesses more effectively use blockchain technology. So she's uniquely positioned to bridge the gaps that now exist. Kind of to quote her, she said, I've had the opportunity to talk to people who see things very differently. Being able to transition back and forth, I can help people understand each other and build stronger products together. So a lot of things she's doing. Also, Linda Pozik is a U.S. blockchain leader for Deloitte Consulting. Pozik has quickly climbed the ladder at Deloitte, where she was recently appointed to lead the company's blockchain practice in the U.S., just a few months after being elevated to lead the finance blockchain group. Before that, she led the company's blockchain efforts and insurance for three years. So this is not a new space for Linda. So a lot of things happening uh, with women in the crypto space. So final bit of news today. This is something I found very interesting popped up today in the news. So at the Lichtenstein Crypto Assets Exchange, which is a, an exchange I mentioned in the past podcast that Binance is, is creating to trade uh, you know, fiat pairs, Binance CEO Chengping Zhao told TechCrunch founder Michael Arrington that 90% of Binance's employees read the, received their salaries in BNB, which is the Binance coin. Now, this is a coin I've been heavily bullish on, always accumulating. I actually bought it early on when I started using the Binance platform, strictly because I noticed that if you use the Binance coin to pay your trading fees, you got a 50% discount on those trading fees. So thinking that would be a great move, bought a boatload of it and actually paid off huge because that is one that actually has a real world use, has been put to the test, and we have seen it perform better than most cryptocurrencies out there in performance. Not just, not just what we saw at the end of last year during when everything was running up, but over this year in this, this tough bear market, we've seen the BNB coin perform extremely well. So just one interesting thing, CZ Binance said at the LCX event was 90% of Binance employees received their salary and BNB tokens. That was what Arrington said in his tweet. He ended the tweet by saying smart people. Now that, that is true. Huge asset there. So I think we're going to see that a lot more and more where companies are going to be able to pay their employees in cryptocurrency and that's going to help further move along adoption. You think about it, it's smart also from the company standpoint because that is creating an ecosystem for those coins to not only be, be paid out and utilized, but also bought back by the company and, and reused again and again. So a huge thing I, I, I see as far as adoption of cryptocurrency with the Binance Exchange. All right, so let's move along at the crypto education. So crypto trading 101, let's take a look at support and resistance. So I've talked about other indicators in past episodes, support and resistance. So if you think about it in terms of bouncing a ball inside your house, there's two barriers that's going to limit the flight and fall of the ball when it hits the floor and when it hits your ceiling. So in trading, there are similar barriers that limit the movement of price action known as support and resistance. For instance, buyers would generally continue to buy at a specific price given the asset is perceived as undervalued. So that peak point where the undervalued is the biggest is where you're going to see the support until all of their demand is fully absorbed by the market, you know, so that creates support. Now, if, if that support line, it, it's, it's a wall order of buy, it's a wall of buy order, should I say? Now, if those buy orders are eaten up and the price action continues to push down, then that support will fail. 
but that is support. So if buyers engage at X price and the price moves upward only to later return, the same buyers will look to defend their positions at X and potentially add more to their positions. So that also creates support. New buyers will see that price fell no further than, than that line. So are likely considered a safe entry. And then the market has a general consensus that that is the support level. Concentration of buyer pressure will prevent price from falling any further, creating a temporary floor known as support. So on the other hand, if assets perceived as overvalued at a certain price level, sellers are going to start to take advantage. So those large buyers from before will look to exit their position and take profits. It's also possible traders will enter short positions at this level, given the perceived overvaluation, increasing the market sell pressure, which makes that a line of resistance, overhead resistance. So think of your floor as the support and the, the ceiling in your house as the resistance. So just like when they have a high buy pressure, this concentration of sell pressure will force the price level to act as a barrier, except this time it will act as a ceiling rather than a floor known as resistance. So once this occurs, polarity takes effect and converts the support to resistance. So what happens is once a level of support is broken, polarity happens to where once you drop below that, that then becomes your resistance. So what used to be your support, which was holding the price up, can now be the resistance, which is holding the price down and vice versa. Once we break through a level of resistance and move on up, and that, that level of resistance will then become a level of support, if you catch what I'm saying. So it's almost like think of a multi-story building. Once you break through that, that ceiling, you're now on a different floor. And now what was originally your ceiling is now the floor and will give you resistance. So couple things to learn. Learn those key levels of support and resistance. Do your own research. Learn how to identify those trends. It will definitely help you, especially if you begin to day trade. And also when you're looking to add to your positions, when should you enter a position? When should you not enter a position? Uh, and, and what major factors will impact that? So that is it for our crypto education corner today. These articles that were mentioned in our podcast today are on our Facebook page from no crypto to no crypto. Go ahead and give it a like if you can and keep up. That'll allow you to keep up with the news that we post on that page. And also, if you want to find out more of the basics of getting started or, or getting going when it comes to cryptocurrency, maybe you've been in the space for a little while and want to learn, want to learn more. I have a book on Amazon and the same name as this podcast from no crypto to no crypto. It's a beginner's guide to cryptocurrency. Short 40-page read that will give you the basics of what you need to get started and where, what resources and where to find them. So it's available in paperbook and Kindle ebook. We have a special going on. If you buy the, the paperback, you get the Kindle ebook at no charge. So that is it for our episode today, Crypto Crusaders. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you on the next episode.